For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Green, are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! All right, we are a couple of minutes late getting underway here on Birds 365. Thank you very much for your patience, Eagles fans. We're hanging with you for the next two hours, which means we've got to stay after class again today. Yesterday, I readily admit it was my fault. We were a minute late getting on the air. It's because I was prepping as hard as I was for the show. I looked up the clock and said, oh, spit, 59. I better log in. Uh Oh, today was not my fault. And uh, thanks to Kyle Rogers, who's saying technical difficulties means Jody's still sleeping. No, I was up early this morning. I got up before the stupid alarm. I woke up 10 minutes ahead of time. I've been downstairs for close to two hours now. Wow. Uh, Nothing to do with me oversleeping. I got to bed at a reasonable hour last night. No WIP duties till 2 a.m. So I got a good night's sleep. Thank you very much. It was actual technical difficulties which I don't understand what that'll happen, but it wasn't my fault or so I'm told. Uh, but we're here with you for the next two hours. John McMullen quite busy yesterday, uh, both listening to the channel, Howie Roseman, on with us uh, on the Jacob Media YouTube channel yesterday. And a whole bunch, they paraded a whole bunch of guys out to you, members of the media yesterday at uh, the NovaCare Complex. Yeah, was... Uh... Uh, six players, I think, total. I have to look at my list here now. Uh, it always kind of mixes together, but yeah, we got uh, we got quite a few players. Um, and you know, that's how the Eagles are doing it this year. They're going to give us some players, you know, basically once a week, uh, leading up to OTAs, which are um, on field OTAs, which are. Late this month, I believe they start into early June. Uh, no mandatory minicamp, as we talked about. And then uh, you have that one period on the NFL calendar uh, until the start of training camp. Uh, when things kind of uh, slow down 
a little bit, uh, but <laughs> one thing I know about the NFL, one reason this show exists, Jody, never stops. And today, happy schedule day, everybody. Happy schedule day. Or to me, as I put on Twitter already, Jody, happy end to NFL schedule leak day. At least I don't have to deal with that nonsense. Every five seconds, I got somebody texting me, tweeting me, oh, did you see week four, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. I'm happy it's going to be over. But, the, you know, the, people I think we're getting leaks. It's not going to, it's supposed to not start till eight o'clock tonight. Well, no, we're going to get more leaks. But this oh, that, day that, is that, the that's end. That's what I mean. You're not done yet leaking your life away. This day is the end of the leaks, though. No matter what, at the end of oh, this okay. day, it's over. So to me, it's happy end of schedule leak day. All right, fair enough. Uh, before we get to the leaking and the schedule and everything else, i uh, got two good guests coming your way today. Jim Kemsky is going to join us, and game day Kratz will be aboard. Since it is NFL schedule day, I guess it's almost like a game day. There's as yeah. much coverage of the release of the schedule as there is actual games going to be played. So Eddie Kratz will be on with us. Um, those that had a chance to be heard yesterday, the uh, players that the Eagles made available to you guys as members of the media, um, you, you've often said here on the show that uh, the Eagles do listen to requests. If enough people specifically ask for somebody, they'll try and make someone available. Why do you think the group that came out, and I know we're trying to overanalyze something as to the procedure and the selection of the guys, but that's what we do here on Birds 365. Why do you think this group was selected to talk to you guys? Well, you have to realize this is the second group. So the first group was last week, and we got, you know, Jalen Hurts and that ilk. Uh, obviously, if you're the quarterback, you, you pretty much have to go first uh, in that group. So, you know, there's a group of guys that understand this is part of their job and, uh, um, you know, don't are, are not adverse. Some players just don't like talking to the media. Um and it's, you know, a little bit more difficult for them uh, in the current environment, which is still not to pre-COVID. It's getting better. I mean, we're down at the facility, um, but we're not in the locker room. So you have to stand on the stage, sit on the stage in this case, and, you know, talk in the microphone to a bunch of guys shouting questions at you. So some people aren't comfortable with it. Uh, and others are used to it. Uh, and we're still into the used to it category. Um, Javon Hargrave let off. I'm just looking at the order. Miles Sanders, uh, Hassan Reddick, obviously, is a he's new here, but um, as a guy who's had 23 and a half sacks over the, um, the last two years, I imagine he's used to getting some attention. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Jordan Mailata, Anthony Harris uh, were the players that 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 spoke yesterday and those are typical guys that speak every week during the season so we're still in that mode the one guy missing though i will say so far has been fletcher cox so that's a guy who typically talks and probably has shied away from it to this point because of the contract wranglings and what what went on from that aspect um but you know it's got to talk sometime it'll happen right. eventually and and his fellow DT, who was also on the last year of his contract, did speak yesterday and uh, said the contract is not going to be an issue. He's going to be able to focus and just go out and play. You buying what Javon was trying to sell yesterday? 
Yeah, I think because uh, Javon's kind of used to it more. Um, you know, he played out his contract in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and he said when he started his career, he was basically a year to year. So he's kind of he's kind of used to it from that perspective more than somebody who was entrenched um, like Fletcher. And remember, Fletcher got released technically and then came back and restructured his contract. So a little bit of a different framework from him. You know, Miles Sanders spoke and he's in a kind of very high profile contract year. So, I mean, it, it happens to a lot of players, you know, Dallas Goddard last year was, you know, betting on himself uh, until he finally got his contract done. So it's always a little bit of a different situation, but you always have guys entering contract years. That part of it's not that uh, uh, outside the box. Fletcher's a little bit different because of his status on the team and he was released and came back and all that stuff. One guy who stepped up yesterday, and I'm sure the Eagles were happy after his session because, man, did he take the company line. Anthony Harris, who is back on a one-year deal at less than he was paid last year, is right now the only returning starter in the uh, at the safety position for the Eagles. And he went down the road of, it's my job to mentor these young guys. We've no, talked about that plenty yeah. here on the show that – when quarterbacks say, I'm not mentoring this guy, I can't complain about that. I don't think you should ask players to uh, virtually take over their position, help out the guy who's going to take over their position down the road. Uh, so Anthony Harris went above and beyond for me. Not only is he going to be a starter for the Eagles, Johnny Mack, he's almost an assistant coach. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how players handle that situation because some of them really embrace it, really enjoy it. Jason Kelsey would be in that category as well. Uh, um, and he jokes he's been trying to train his replacement for, I think, eight years, he said last week. Um, it, it, you know, it seems to happen more at quarterback, I would say, than anywhere else. Uh, the high profile, like, I'm not going to mentor him. <laughs> uh, who was the latest? Ryan Tannehill, I believe. Yep. Uh, and obviously, Brett Favre, probably the most famous. It's like, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to help this guy out. Didn't hurt Aaron Rodgers. But, um, yeah, it is. It's always been an interesting um, way of doing things, the setup and the fact that, let's be honest, Jody, um, you know, you're, you're mentoring, as you said, your potential replacement. And <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense um, to, to want to embrace that role. But sports is a little bit different. I think people look at it like regular jobs. It's not a regular job. You have a short shelf life. You know it. Part of your job is to bring along the next guy. So some guys understand that. I think it's a lot easier when you have the gravitas of a Jason Kelsey and you know you're you're good to go and you'll walk off on your own terms pretty much. Uh, then somebody like Anthony Harris, who's obviously got to do some things. And, you know, I could argue Marcus Epps is better than Anthony Harris right now. I don't know if he is, but I think he can make that argument. Uh, he's not nearly as entrenched as somebody like Jason Kelsey. So it's always difficult. And I give extra credit to a guy like Anthony Harris. I, I'm just saying, I don't know if I would be willing to do it. Uh, maybe no. I'm self-centered. I'm gonna I'm gonna worry about number no. one and not yeah. anybody else. But if a guy is 
comfortable enough and, and dedicated enough to make that kind of a statement, more power to him. Good for a guy like Anthony Harris. All right. Uh, McDonald and McMullen here with you on Birds 365. We got a late start, which means we're getting to our first guest early. That's a good thing when you have Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com ready to join you. JK joins us next here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac for 365, guys. we got another Eagle expert to fall in with us. Um, he probably takes his phillyvoice.com standard as uh, the most important thing he does. I do the fact that he's a member of the Marlton Mafia. And, oh, by the way, it kind of pushes me to the third most knowledgeable football guy here in town. Baldinger lives here. Kemsky lives here. I live here. Damn, I'll just keep falling down that list. 
Damo, which lives here too. Yeah, Damo lives lives and, in Marlton. And Damo, Damo yeah. did girls basketball before I did girls basketball. Yeah. How did I forget him? I'm following in his footsteps I'm gonna, I'm, all I'm, over the place. I'm going to go Randy Brown too, since he coaches. That's right. He's the former Randy. mayor of Marlton. Yeah. Randy yeah. Brown. He, yeah. Randy should have stuck the football. No, but we <laughs> we kid because we care. Jimmy Kemsky, good to see you, buddy. How's your off season going? It's uh, the draft is over. So and today, of course, is the schedule release. Yeah. But once you get past today, it's kind of a big gap between, you know, well, we actually, I guess we have OTAs. The yeah, first we week sell of June. OTAs for and what we'll they're going to do, Jimmy. But yeah. but from, from now until the end of July, when training camp begins, this is, I mean, this is the, this is the best time of year for, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but no, <laughs> this, is, this is when uh, we sort of get our, our lull in the action and can actually enjoy our lives for a little while. Yeah, breather. Um, <laughs> but only a little bit of a breather. So right. you mentioned you're not going to be around for OTAs. Are the Eagles going to be around? They're not really doing anything. They're going to yeah. be out there. But is that uh, – I, I thought it was interesting. We go back a couple of weeks. It was one of the draft press conferences. I think it was Zach, Zach Berman, who asked them about the offseason work and the scale back and mm-hmm. how he kind of shuttled it off to, to Nick Sirianni. And and I was kind of shaking my head, and I'm I don't I I've yet to meet the football coach. I always say Jimmy that doesn't want to practice. I don't think <laughs> Nick is that guy, <laughs> right? Um, you think it's a big deal? The Eagles have this sort of scale back and and off season work, and really into training camp and the shorter practices and all that kind of stuff. So what they're going to highlight is the fact that they had a very lucky season last year in yeah. terms of injuries i mean we've seen this team just get wrecked by injuries in you know over the last half decade plus um i mean they've had seasons destroyed because of major injuries along their offensive line uh notably also in in their secondary at cornerback uh safety as well and uh last year i mean they had some offensive line injuries but for the most part they were they were a very healthy team at <laughs> least relative to other seasons and that was part of the um reasoning for them scaling back you know their their training camp practices and playing like almost not playing their starters at all uh in yeah. the preseason i mean not just like in like the last two games like or anything jalen like hurts was entrenched <laughs> we're all yeah, talking right. this shit. he was entrenched he didn't take he a didn't snap play. in the preseason uh, at all <laughs> last year right yeah no. so uh uh they placed a heavy emphasis on trying to do whatever they can to having all their players available uh week one so in that respect, it worked. They actually won pretty convincingly week one last yeah. year. I mean, they were the most penalized team in the NFL uh, early in the season last year. So maybe that's an argument against uh, sort of not, uh, you know, kind of going a little harder during uh, training camp and, and the preseason. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting debate to go either way. I agree with you. Certainly uh, no head coach is going to be like, yeah, OK, let's just stay healthy. Let's just make sure we're healthy for, for week one and, and not maybe practice as hard as we should. But uh, I can I, I do see merit to both sides of the argument. Speaking of most penalized team in the NFL leads me right into my first question. Um, Derek Barnett, <laughs> back for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Uh, you are the king of the compensatory draft pick follow yeah. and understand and explain it better than anybody else I know. Would the Eagles have been better just letting Derek Barnett walk out the door? Would have put him in better compensatory draft uh, pick status, would it not have? So if 
if he had walked in free agency and signed with another team and, and was uh, and qualified for the comp pick formula, they still wouldn't have more players lost in free agency than gained. So they still wouldn't have gotten a compensatory pick if he left, uh, unfortunately for them. Otherwise, they might have let him go. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, but as far as bringing him back, uh, I certainly wasn't a fan of that move. In fact, every year at the end of the season, I do uh, a, a quote unquote stay or go series. Sure. I look at each positional group and um, he was bottom five on the roster in terms of the fan voting in that series. So I, I also give the readers an opportunity to vote whether they want players to stay or go. He was at like 5% stay. So like it was almost like 95% wanted him to go, uh, to, you know, leave the Eagles this offseason. They bring him back. They pay him like five, six million or something like that. I think the injury to David Ojabo during the, uh, during uh, his pro day, he tore his Achilles. I think that, may have had a lot to them bringing Barnett back because I don't think they felt confident that one of the you know top tier edge rushers would make it to them at pick 15 or whatever. Uh, so they just wanted to make sure that they had somebody in place uh, at edge rusher that they could, uh, they at least, at least with him, they have some familiarity with them. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, you know, not <laughs> as you mentioned, he had an absurd number of penalties last year, uh, only a two sacks. So he actually did more harm than good, in my opinion, last year. They still view him as a as a like legitimate starting level uh, defensive end in the NFL. But um, yeah, I certainly do not agree with them bringing him back or Fletcher Cox at 14 million for that matter. Uh, now, OK, they they weren't able to get that edge rusher, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, Jimmy, and I agree with you, I think. David Ojabo had a lot to do with it. Uh, they were able to trade up uh, to get the big defensive tackle. Yeah. Now there's a 55% chance he would have been there. And you're, you're probably <laughs> the only one who's going to get that joke. So I appreciate yeah. <laughs> you doing that piece. Um, when you look at the Eagles moves in, in the first round as a whole yeah. and, and sort of the, the trying to seize the moment to get difference makers versus mm -hmm. volume of the draft and going from 10 picks to five picks and not being able to get that day three running back, not being able to get a corner, not being able to say, right. how do you kind of weigh that decision making? So on day one, I think they got two legit difference makers in uh, Jordan Davis and in AJ Brown. I mean, the my instant analysis for the trade for AJ Brown was holy crap, they got AJ Brown. <laughs> like you, you take a, a wide receiver position yeah. that has always been, or not always, but over the last I don't know ten years or so has been a pretty significant weakness on this roster, and now you could argue it's a it's a strength with uh, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown and. And if Quez Watkins can continue to improve, then they might have something there. And of course, Dallas Goddard is arguably a top five receiver. So they might actually have something there. You put those guys with arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. And this offense is set up. I mean, Jalen Hurts has an opportunity to, to really do something with, with this offense that's, that's supporting him. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But he's a major difference maker. If you have an opportunity to get a guy like him, go do it. As far as the, the trade-up for Jordan Davis, they give up. You know, what was it? A fourth round pick and a couple fives yeah. uh, to move from, and it's a modest move up. I mean, they, they didn't they didn't go far. They only went from fifteen to thirteen. But when you look at the players that got taken at fifteen through you know the rest of the first round, I think there was a pretty substantial drop off from you know. It's, and this is assuming um, Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton go in 
you know, whatever order you prefer at picks 13 and 14. And I look back at the 2014 draft when they had identified six players that they were really interested in in that first round. And the, the, the last two of those players were that were still available, the Eagles were picking 22. And when the Cardinals were on the clock at pick 20, there were two players left that, that the Eagles really were targeting, Brandon Cooks and HaHa Clinton Dix. And the Eagles had an opportunity to trade up with the Cardinals to pick number 20 to make sure that they got one of those guys. And it almost certainly would have been Brandon Cooks. They did not. They didn't think the Cardinals were going to take a wide receiver or safety. And they got a little cute and they thought, okay, well, we'll just sit here and we'll get one of those guys. And then boom, Saints trade up. They take Cooks. The Packers at 21 take HaHa Clinton Dix. The Eagles are stuck at 22 with nothing. They make a little trade back and they yada, yada, yada. They end up with Marcus Smith. So in my opinion, (laughs) that was a lesson learned for them in this draft in that if they didn't get up to 13 to go get Jordan Davis, then they could be sitting there ultimately at 15, you know, kind of holding nothing. (laughs) So like, you know, there, I I think the aggressive move here was, was warranted uh, because I do think there was a drop off. Was it a tough price to pay? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to give up three picks to move up two spots, of course. Uh, But when you have a guy like Jordan Davis, who at like his floor is premium run stopping defensive tackle, that's which they didn't have, by the way. Yes, did not have. So now you get that guy, you can allocate more resources to the back end uh, to, to, you know, you have more guys in coverage, theoretically. Um, And then his ceiling is he's the most athletic defensive tackle. Uh, ever, <laughs> essentially, uh, for for a guy that's six six three forty, can run a four seven eight, yeah. which is insanity. So he's got a, he's got a high ceiling to be determined if he can put up sack numbers in the NFL. But uh, the the potential is certainly there. Howie Roseman might have been ahead of the game uh, back in that year you were referencing because. According to the ESPN draft simulator, <laughs> anytime you trade up, you're a loser. Yeah. So that's why yes. Howie didn't trade up. Uh, and oh, by the way, uh, I want to uh, kind of question Nick Sirianni. How did he miss out on the opportunity to not sing the praises of A.J. Brown like Pete Carroll did in Seattle? Drew Locke would have been the number one quarterback drafted had he been in this year's class. Oh, okay, Coach Pete. Yeah, right. <laughs> A.J. Brown would have been the number one wide receiver in this draft. And that's actually saying something with as many wide receivers who went, unlike the quarterback position this year. Uh, A.J. Brown's addition. Dallas Goddard uh, kind of talked about it with you guys yesterday. Mm. Targets. He's not worried about his targets. He thinks his targets are going to be fine. He <laughs> thinks they're just going to throw the ball more in general, which would be fine for his targets. And he said the same for Devontae Smith. Don't think Devontae's sweating his targets. They gave up what they gave up, and they're paying A.J. Brown what they're paying him. Oh, he's going to get the football. Mm-hmm. How much more are the Eagles going to throw the football this year? We all know it's some. Yeah. How big an increase is it going to be, Jimmy K? Yeah, I mean, they didn't really commit to the run game last year until, what, like week seven-ish, yeah. somewhere around there, or the Raiders game on the road, and they got behind early in that game, and they, they sort of abandoned it. But that was the that was the week where they sort of knew, okay, we got to abandon this pass-heavy offense and sort of play to our strengths. Um, and then they became the most run-heavy team in the NFL <laughs> from that point on, by a long shot. Uh, by the end of the year, they were the most run-heavy team in the NFL, even even with the first six, seven weeks of the season or whatever, they where they passed the ball a lot. Um, so, and that was when they were at their best was when they were running the ball a lot. 
I don't think they feel as a franchise, though, that that's a formula for winning a Super Bowl is to be as run heavy uh, as they were last year. And I think they do want to throw the ball more. It's just a matter of how much is Jalen Hurts going to going to improve uh, a from an accuracy standpoint and then B in terms of, you know, reading the defense and trusting what he sees and getting the ball out a lot more quickly uh, than he has in, in, you know, his first you know, one plus year uh, as a starter for the Eagles. So um, yeah, as far as what AJ Brown is going to bring to the table here in terms of uh, the targets that he's going to get. Yeah. I would assume that um, he not assume, I mean, certainly he uh, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, those three guys are going to get the lion's share of the targets. And then if Quez Watkins can sort of stretch the field, if you can get the ball deep to him a few times, at least make defenses respect it, then the short to intermediate areas of the field are going to be wide open for, for those guys to, to make plays. And A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, for that matter, are excellent uh, after the catch once they get the ball in their hands. And that was sort of an element that the Eagles were missing, uh, at least from their wide receivers. Devontae Smith, very smooth route runner, can get open, can get separation, good hands. He's going to make the plays that, that, that come to him. Uh, Quez Watkins speed guy, of course, he's actually got a little bit of run after, after the catch juice, but neither of those guys are big tackle breakers. So now you got a guy in AJ Brown, that defensive backs fear that defensive backs often can't get on the ground. And you have a guy like Dallas Goddard who runs hard after the catch and they're going to bring a toughness and physicality element, uh, to their, to their receiving corps that, uh, that, that I think they previously lacked. Um, shifting sides of the ball, I think the most interesting part of yesterday's uh, player availability was Hassan Reddick. And mm -hmm. before I get to that, Jimmy, I think it was you. Correct me if I'm wrong. You asked Nick, are you going to be a 4-3 <laughs> team or 3-4 yeah. team? And you said, I'll never answer that question. <laughs> uh, teams want to know. Yeah, teams really are, are really concerned. <laughs> We're not going to know that until September. Yeah, right. Are you not going to line up on defense and training camp? But <laughs> I, I digress. Hassan did bring up something interesting, and I'm surprised because he was paying the company line. And he'll say, you'll see how I'm used on week one, blah, blah, blah. And then I asked him, you know, what's your day like? Are you working with Tracy Rocker? Are you working with, with Nick Rollis? You know, how, how is this shaping up for you? And he said, no, I'm in a room with Coach Wash, Jeremiah Washburn. Yeah. And they have shifted their coaching of sort of the defensive line, the interior defensive line, Tracy Rocker, the defensive end outside linebackers, mm -hmm. Jeremiah Washburn. And obviously the inside linebackers, Nick Rollis. Um, does that tell you anything on what's going on here? Yeah, it's interesting that uh, they've sort of carved out a new coaching position. By the way, my apologies if you can hear this background noise. Uh, uh, my girlfriend, I believe, is running her hair dryer. Oh, nice. Happens all the time. My so wife looks good constantly. to you, JK. Be thankful. I, I did not alert her to me being on this uh, on your program here before I went on. My apologies. So if, you, that's, if, there's, if there's background noise, my bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I was taking a step back even further. Brandon Graham in his player availability, like, what was that? Like a week ago, maybe a little yeah. more. Yeah. He said uh, he was talking about uh, Jordan Davis being an addition to to the defense and how it's crucial that you have, uh, you know, that big body nose tackle in a three, four and <laughs> bad job by uh, us as a, as a reporting group in general yeah. that we didn't follow up with him on that. Um, I think it was near the tail end of his press conference. He, there was only like two or three more questions thereafter. So nobody followed up on him saying three, four defense. 
Um, but then when Nick came up, you're right. Like I asked him, are you going to, are you going to run? Like they're going to run a lot of different looks. I think yeah. you're going to see like different, yeah. uh, you're going to see odd man fronts. You're going to see even man fronts, but I think there is going to be a shift to more odd man fronts uh, this, this season. And they have the personnel to sort of do it like Milton Williams, uh, Fletcher Cox can certainly play that three, four defensive end spot. Uh, Brandon Graham can, can shift inside uh, on certain, you know, you know, down distance uh, scenarios. Um, you have Jordan Davis, of course, who's a perfect fit, obviously, for, for you know, a three, four nose. Josh Sweat, in my opinion, is a guy that is, is sort of is, I think he's more made for like a three, four outside linebacker personally than, than a four, three defensive end. Um, and then, you know, certainly you have Hassan Raddick, who at 230 pounds or whatever he is, is not your, you know, you're not going to line him up at a four, three defensive end on early downs anyway. So, uh, you know, having uh, an odd man front where he's playing on the edge uh, makes a lot more sense for him. So they have the personnel to sort of fit uh, a three, four defense. So just logically speaking, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly um, uh, it makes sense for them to, to shift in that direction a little bit more, but then as you know, to, you know, carving out an entirely new coaching position for essentially like edge rushers, is yeah, I think that's a telltale sign that they, that they are going to shift more in that direction. Well, we know that Hassan Reddick is going to be a weapon. How that weapon will be deployed is yet yeah. to be determined. All right, uh, let me throw this one by you. Uh, it'll be your, your answer will be telling. We'll find out tonight the Eagles' schedule. We know they play week two at home, home open against the Vikings, so they're on the road week one. Let's say they're in Arizona, and okay. after running the ball on first down and picking up two yards, Kyler Murray gets. Five wide receivers. Sorry, Zach Ertz, you're off the field. Five <laughs> wide receiver look, second play of the season. Who's on the field for the Eagles? Uh, in terms of in their secondary? Defense, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, certainly that that CB2 spot, uh, the second cornerback spot, which Nick, uh, Nick Sirianni thought was funny for some reason. That someone yeah. said CB2. <laughs> yeah. I think that was it. That was Ed Crouch. <laughs> said, okay, CB2. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, they have Darius Slay and they have Avante Maddox. So you have two spots that are locked down and your CB1 and your slot corner. And then second cornerback is sort of a mystery what they're going to do there. They brought in, but like a half dozen young cornerbacks, uh, both during the offseason and during the actual season last year. Um, I think, and then of course we mentioned earlier that they didn't have injuries at the cornerback position last year, which was sort of a, a departure from what we've sort of, yeah. Come to know Steve Nelson <laughs> and, uh, was extremely durable, which is sort of underrated, underreported as and well. Slay, both of them. Yeah. I mean, both of them. I mean, Slay left a, a couple, couple games, yeah. but uh, but he he started every game with the exception yeah. of the meaningless, you know, week 18 game against against the Cowboys. Um, but they had great health there, so we didn't get to see a guy like Zach McPherson play much last year because the opportunity just wasn't there. So we don't know really what those guys can do because of those guys, the only the only one that we really even got to see during training camp was McPherson because they added all those other guys like Tay Gowan, like um, uh, Carrie Vincent. I guess we got to, got to see Josiah Scott in, in training camp, uh, but uh, Mac McCain, we didn't get to see most of these guys in training camp. Uh, so they're, they're all going to get an opportunity, I think, to, to show what they can do. Uh, in the meantime, you have a guy like James Bradbury, who's, suddenly on the market after the after the Giants cut him. We'll see if they have interest there. There are a lot of other corners, like veteran corners, that, you know, you could get by with as a one-year Band-Aid for, you know, if, if 
you know, you get into training camp, you don't like what you see from these younger corners. You're not sure that like they can be there. There are plenty of veteran cornerbacks that can come in and, and sort of at least hold down the fort, especially in the Jonathan Gannon defense that doesn't put as much stress on cornerbacks as Jim Johnson's defense or excuse me, Jim Schwartz's defense uh, did over the last half decade. So um, yeah, I, I think that they'll eventually be fine there. But as we look at the depth chart as it stands right now, that's, that's certainly a concern area for sure. Well, one of the things about the scale back in the off season when, where we started this, Jimmy, is that, you know, how do you look at uh, Zach McPherson and Tay Gow and then Mac McCain, Carrie Vincent, Mario Goodrich, Josh Joe, Josh Blackwell, yeah, all these undrafted too, yep. kids? Yeah. Um, how do you look at them in OTAs? You're going to be doing some seven on sevens, but, mm-hmm. you know, last year it was Steve Nelson two days, I think, before the start of training camp. That's when they signed Steve. Okay. Nelson. So, you can bring in Trey Waynes at that point, probably, mm-hmm. you know, history with Jonathan Gannon. But how, how do you know you have to bring in Trey Waynes? Do, do you think the Eagles already have that in mind? We've got to upgrade. If Bradbury's market doesn't uh, develop, which it probably will, uh, so the Eagles, I would guess, are not going to be involved. But you never know. When is your timing of, okay, we have to bring in a veteran right now because – the Zach McPherson's of the world aren't ready. Yeah, I think you got to weigh opportunity, first of all. So if you think that like a James Bradbury, for example, is substantially better than the other veteran cornerbacks that are on the market, then you know, maybe you go out and just get that guy. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's a lot of separation between the other veterans that are sort of available right now. So maybe you can wait into training camp a little bit to see what you have. Uh, at those, because like you said, you, they're not going to be able to tell much from from what they do in OTAs. Uh, last year was a little different, I think, because um, they didn't really have anyone. To, like now, like they've they've thrown so many guys against the wall. You know, maybe one will stick, but they didn't have that last year. Like they yeah. hadn't yet yeah. added all those young guys. <clears throat> um, so maybe that's a, maybe that's a maybe a little bit of a difference in in, in why they signed uh, Steve Nelson. I didn't realize it was a couple of days before training camp. That's that's interesting. I thought that was into training camp already, but um, uh, but yeah, that's, but yeah, they did ultimately bring him in in July. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good debate. <laughs> like you know, when you actually bring in that that CB two. I would guess that it'll probably if they don't sign Bradbury now, then I would guess that it will be into training camp. I don't think uh, they'll sign anyone before then again, unless they think there's a big difference between whoever they want to bring in and the rest of the group. All right. Another difference between this year's (laughs) camp and last year's camp Um, last year, the Eagles came in believing they didn't want to run much 12 position. Mm -hmm. And then they got a look at their two tight ends and the coach said, yeah, maybe we got to run two tight ends more than we were planning because these might be the two best wide receivers that we have yeah. on the or receivers we have on the team. They got about uh, twelve tight ends on their ninety-man <laughs> roster right about now. How would you rank them after Dallas Goddard? Who's tight end now? Sorry, Nick, apologizing. <laughs> tight end two, tight end three, yeah. tight end four. Run them down for us, Jimmy. Yeah, so Goddard's the one, obviously, and then big drop off from him to whoever's two. And I think the tight end two will sort of be shared by Grant Calcaterra, who they drafted in the sixth round and by Jack Stoll, who was an undrafted guy last year who got opportunities to play quite a bit, but wasn't really anything more than a blocker. I think he only had like 
four targets yeah. and, or four four catch either four catches or four targets and, on the, the, season. and the yardage wasn't great either jimmy like, <laughs> so he wasn't exactly tony yeah. gonzalez uh coming <laughs> off the bench for the eagles so um i think it'll be sort of uh it'll be goddard and then calcaterra and Stoll will be tight end 2a and tight end 2b and then the rest of the group you have tyree jackson there who tore his acl in the meaningless week 18 game last year i think they're still quite interested in uh, developing him, but you're probably going to have him starting the uh, you know training camp on the pup list, possibly into the season on the pup list. Uh, I'm not buying that JJ Arthago Whitesides move from wide receiver to tight end. No, is, has, work. I don't think it has any meaning whatsoever. This guy was basically a tight end last year. That was sort of his role. He was in there to block. So like, I don't think that, uh, that, you know, this is going to be sort of a career saving move. Uh, for him. And then beyond that, I guess they still have Richard Rogers on the roster. And who am I missing? Yeah. Richard's uh, always Noah. there. Noah. 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 Yeah, Noah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah, I don't think those guys will make the initial 53. Uh, they always sort of seem to have Richard Rogers, you know, they got a Richard Rogers button <laughs> on their, on their, uh, on their phone, yeah. like the speed dial. They can bring him back at any time. I think I don't think, by the way, the, uh, is Richard market. Rogers one on the speed dial or Jordan, Jordan <laughs> Howard two or vice versa? Cause nobody so, else calls these guys. I think it's Rogers one. Cause it's been like th- three or four years for him now, Howard two, and then like police fire, Poison control <laughs> three, four, five. And uh, who was that offensive one? Ju- Julian Vanderbilt. I thought he oh, had yes. a cot in the back in the little, and they just brought him out every couple of days. Julian's here. Julian's gone. Julian uh, uh, was uh, a willing participant in one of my favorite articles that I've ever done. I, basically, what I did was. I just I had a camera and on well, my phone, but and I and I had a I'd written down on a on a pad every roster transaction that he has ever been involved in. And Woo, there was, was there was that? a list like of a, like there's like, like a legal notebook, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, there's a list of like thirty of them, and for each, so I read off each roster trans. Like I said, the date, and I said you know, what happened? Like he got waived or he got resigned <laughs> or whatever, and he had to do a facial expression for uh, for each one that i read and he had a facial expression for every single one and i took a picture of it and i just had like a, a running uh you know sort of timeline of his facial expressions after each roster transaction he was the like that was the best player interview the most willing you know sort of self-deprecating uh player interview i've ever had julian vanderbilt is absolutely the man and unfortunately, he's not on the roster <laughs> as of right now. So you're going to have to add another one when they bring him back. That's right. Well, that'll work for you because you say he's a good guy and he'll do it for you. All right. Yeah. Speaking of good guys, we've gotten half an hour and we haven't talked about the most important position, which, of course, is quarterback. Jalen Hurts is the guy. Everybody said it. The draft came and went. They didn't pick a quarterback. They did sign a quarterback as an undrafted free uh-huh. agent, though. Actually, they signed two. And then one guy said, well, wait a minute. You didn't tell me you were going to sign Carson Strong. I'll go down and join <laughs> Dougie P and Jack, yeah. the Brown kid. Um, Carson Wentz will be in camp. He, he'll be on the practice squad. That's one you don't have to worry about. I don't think they'll dress him as QB3 because if some team desperately wants him, they could have drafted him. Everybody passed on him. Mm-hmm. At some point, does he get good enough that they elevate him to QB3? At some point, does he really get good enough that if he's better in practice – the Eagles at least have to consider playing him some this year. 
Yeah, there's a there's a, on Reddit. I don't know if you're familiar, but Reddit there's an Eagles uh, page there. They unearthed a 2022 mock draft from a year ago. So like after the draft last year, they found a mock draft for you know, 2022 that had Carson Strong going number one overall. <laughs> so uh, the very good find by whoever found that. Um, but yeah, he's he's a talented player. He's got a good arm. He's accurate. Uh, over the last two seasons uh, at Nevada, he completed over seventy percent of his passes, which is like, and they yeah. run uh they run sort of that you know that air raid offense, which you know is going to be conducive to high completion percentages. Still, over seventy percent two straight years is very impressive. He's got talent. He was at the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, I was impressed with the way he threw the football, but uh, ultimately, why he fell, uh, why he didn't get—I mean, not fell, didn't get drafted at all. Is because he's got major knee issues. Uh, knee is basically made of uh, pudding and paper mache. So, uh, you know, we'll see if that can hold up. But he's got talent. Um, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. He's probably bound for the practice squad this year. I mean, they have Jalen Hurts and they have Gardner Minshew. If he like plays really legitimately Don't well, get Reed Sinet and Reed Sinet. My yeah. apologies. Uh, Reed Sinet moved from seventeen to what thirteen, I think. I, to, I, I, for I for Nicobe Dean. I don't yeah. know how much you care about these Jersey yeah. analytics, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, Carson Strong, if he lights it up in the preseason, you can't wave him because then somebody will just yeah. grab him. Somebody will, will claim him off a waiver. So that's his chance of making the roster. And if he doesn't, then you can stash him on the practice squad and see if he can develop and and if that knee can can you know, not disintegrate into dust, uh, then, then, you know, then they, they might have something there, but he is a very talented player. Um, and if his knee holds up, then it, it is, it is a potential, you know, you know, backup long-term because you have Gardner Minshew for one more year to be determined yeah. if they'll trade him at some point, uh, you know, either this off season, if a quarterback gets hurt or into the season, there's a report that the Panthers had interest uh, during the season last year. The co- the price was too high or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, certainly if you can bring in a quarterback as talented as him as an undrafted free agent, it's a no-brainer. And one thing we know, he's going to get playing time at the preseason because oh, yeah. Allen <laughs> is not. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities to yeah. kind of prove himself. Uh, he is Jimmy Kemsky. Phillyboys.com does a tremendous job. Last one from me, Jimmy, is uh, you're all – uh, NFC East team. The preseason mm-hmm. edition is out. Everybody should check that out at phillyboys.com. Um, Eagles look pretty good when matched <laughs> up against the rest yeah. uh, of the NFC East. Kind of give people a little preview of the offensive defense. Yeah, the Giants stink is uh, my <laughs> biggest takeaway from, from this exercise, uh, both offensively and defensively. Uh, commanders don't have much offensively other than, you know, Terry McLaurin. Um, but yeah, the Eagles have a better roster than I think, uh, they're being given credit for right now. I mean, I had four of their five starting offensive linemen <laughs> make this, you know, all NFC East team in my Dickerson, Kelsey, uh, Lane Johnson. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, their offensive line, like I stated earlier, I think is in the conversation to be the best in the NFL, not just in terms of their starting five, but they also have good depth as well. And now their receivers and tight end group is a strength all of a sudden, it's all there for Jalen Hurts. It's like the Cowboys have the best uh, quarterback in the division. And I think there's you know, not a huge gap, but there's a decent enough gap between him and whoever you have second. I would have Jalen Hurts second. Um, but the, I mean, he's, he's probably the best, but he's Dak Prescott is, I mean, what, what would you call him? Borderline 
top 10 to 12. I would say borderline top 10, yeah. Yeah, and, so uh, certainly not elite by any stretch, uh, but he is the best in the division. But I think, you know, you take the quarterbacks out of it, I think the Eagles have the best roster in the division. I mean, the, the Cowboys have some, you know, major playmakers on the defensive side of the ball uh, in Michael Parsons and in Trayvon Diggs. Uh, the Eagles don't have, you know, that level of player, in my opinion, uh, on their defense, but they have a lot of good players uh, on defense. And we'll see how that all kind of, that they'll be improved on defense this season, uh, in my opinion. But their offense, I mean, the quarterback discussion aside, their offense, I mean, that it's a very strong roster right now. I think the only position quarterback aside where, where you know, there are maybe some questions is running back. And there are still the number one rushing offense in the league last yeah. year. Yeah. So, like, I think it's all there for Jalen Hurts to just grab this job and run with it. And uh, I think that, by the way, this isn't what you asked, but I think, I think the bar for, um, you know, what Jalen Hurts needs to show in uh, 2022 probably should be elevated a little bit, given the talent that he has working around him, the offensive line, and now these, you know, the 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 this premium however you want to call it, maybe not premium, but a very good group of receivers and yeah. tight ends. Uh, I think the bar should be raised a bit on, on the expectations uh, for his play in 2022. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, having you make a prediction. Okay. And no, it's not about the schedule, which is going to be released <laughs> later today. It won't be about their preseason mark where Jalen Hurts will not be taking a snap because he's going to be in bubble wrap. No, I want to go even before that. The uh, controlled scrimmages. Last year, undefeated yeah. the Eagles. Four and oh, baby. That's right. The banner is up. <laughs> the Joint banner is up at four and oh. Um they they prefer to play AFC teams. I understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh last year, Jet Patriots. I think Baltimore is a given, just to give you my opinion on it. Who do you think they're gonna do it against this year? Can they go undefeated again this year? So it's already been reported that they're playing uh the Browns. Uh the, the, they're they're going to have joint practices with the Browns, uh, uh, I, I guess, out in Berea. What town Ohio? is that out yeah, there in Berea. Ohio? Berea, Berea, Berea Ohio. Berea, yeah. Ohio. So I'm not that's, thrilled that's about big having – I have family in Cleveland, and, you know, no offense to them. It would be great to maybe <laughs> drop in and see them for a day or whatever. But I don't want to go to Cleveland for four days in the summer. Like, <laughs> come on, Nick. Yeah. What are you getting me into here? Uh, but they'll play the Jets, of course, in one of their preseason games. And uh, spoiler, uh, please don't put this on social media or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, my understanding is they'll play in Miami for their third uh, preseason game. Okay. All right. uh, so, so Miami in August, John, you looking forward to that? Uh, it's not the worst place anytime. Yeah, I, Miami's I, only one day in and out. How long are you going yeah. to Cleveland for? Four <laughs> days? Right. Yeah. Well, they have joint practices, so we'll probably be there. I guess Thursday, Friday. Oh no, no, yeah. no! The, the the preseason games are on Thursday, so it'll probably be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll yeah. be out there. I hope they have a tree out there like the Jets. <laughs> tree in the yeah, middle of the have a very nice yeah. tree. Yeah, uh, Kemsky, <laughs> always a pleasure. Thank you much for coming on. You know we're going to be asking in just a couple of weeks, whatever downtime you get, enjoy. But we're expecting you back here on Bird Street sixty five. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Jimmy Kemsky, phillyvoice.com here with us on Bird Street sixty five. Ooh, Miami going to be their third preseason game. But he said, don't tell anybody. That. Yeah, it's going to be hot. Oof. But, you know, uh, at least Miami has the ocean. So, you know, you have a little bit of a breeze in Berea. You're going to be just that humid, sticky. That's going to be awful. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, Miami's ocean, not as good as the oceans we got here behind us, John. That's the number one ocean right there. Uh, McDonald and McMullen, your birds, 365, guys. Cratch, yes, yet to come. Come back. I do want to talk some more schedule. It's a big day around the NFL schedule release day. We already know one of the Eagles' 17 games. How's the rest of it going to shake out? We'll talk about it next year on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on X and Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. We are your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, coming up, uh, game day Kratz. Eddie Kratz is going to join us in less than 20 minutes from now. Um, I got a sad panic moment there, Jody. My computer shut down on Yeah, me. you did do a little exit stage left. So I'm not the, uh, we're not the, again, technical difficulties come in all shapes and sizes. I admit there was a technical difficulty yesterday. I forgot to log in. I was too busy prepping for the show. 
yes, I've overslept once in a year and change, but everybody remembers it and called me out on it on the stream. Uh, no, today was actual technical difficulties, and your computer just dropped on you. That's an actual te technical difficulty. Yeah. It does happen from time I was, to time. I was panicked. I got the the 10 second green screen of death. I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> and it just came back. Yeah, my green screen was uh, the oceans had disappeared. I was in, in the drink, actually. It was nothing but green behind me when we were getting ready to start the show. I, I got to give props. Who the heck had it? Uh, someone had it here on the stream saying uh, your buddy uh, Jeff McLean, and I didn't get the chance to punch Jeff up on Twitter, um, is reporting that uh, the Eagles opener, we know their home opener is going to be week number two, against the Vikings, the second half of a Monday night twin bill, actually an overlapping Monday night twin bill uh, against Vikings. But he's uh, reporting that the Eagles will open up on the road in Motown against the Lions. Beware your uh, biting of the kneecaps, guys, if you're heading out to uh, Detroit as per their coach. Uh, I was close. I predicted Chicago. I was close. Uh, I was very close. Right division, however many miles apart. Uh, not a bad way to start a season. Last year they did down in Atlanta. Atlanta turned out to be a below average team, and they were able to log a win. Eagles will be favored week one against the Lions in Detroit, will they not? Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. I mean, the Lions are coming off a uh, terrible season, obviously, almost historically bad. And they haven't made, you know, significant upgrades, certainly at the quarterback position. So no one's going to be looking at the Detroit Lions and saying, oh, they're ready to take off. I think they'll be a little bit better, obviously, anytime you draft as highly as they do. Um, you're going to get some good players but um yeah i mean so you start off i thought it would be chicago in and minnesota week one and week two turns out to be detroit in minnesota um it's a good chance to be two and oh right off the bat jimmy kemps you talking about raised expectations oh i think there will be raised expectations and you know people do realize um the the talent at the skill positions put around Jalen Hurts, and that's sort of the first sea change. You know, you mentioned favorite. Yeah, they're going to be favored in both of those two games, um, and they're going to be expected to win both of those games, and that's the change, the beginning of the shift in those expectations. Yeah, if uh, Minnesota goes out and puts up a 40-spot week one and the Eagles lose to the Lions week one, then they might not have yeah, favorite week yeah. two. But as of right now, if you were putting out lines on those games, you are correct, John McMullen. They would be favored in both games. So we're expecting a little bit of a fast start. And again, according to uh, Jeff McClain, he's bringing good news. The only two games that he's got uh, a pulse on, he's been leaked, gotten his inside information on, were the opener and the game in Dallas this year, according to Jeff McClain, will be played on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's going to be a difficult one, uh, you know, Christmas in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. see, that's I, – I apologize. John, you're my buddy, you're my pal, you're my partner. I uh, appreciate everything you do on a day-in, day-out basis here on Birds. 
Yeah, that's on you. You go with the team. I don't. I'm going to be right here watching it on my 60-inch screen on Christmas Eve. You have to go down there. I apologize. Here's the only thing I'm happy about. I'm sorry for you, but I'm happy that they're not playing Week 17. It's not Eagles-Cowboys where one of the two teams is going to roll out the JV because they've already established yes. where they're going to be yes. in the postseason. It's, the, it's before that. That's a good thing. Eagles may go into the same exact position this year against a Giant team or a Redskin team. It's not the same as a Dallas team that you're going up against. I'm just happy that, sorry for you, Johnny Mac, it's Christmas Eve rather than Week 7. Well, it's more of, I, I, you know, Dallas is not the worst place to be. I mean, first of all, they're going to have the first, first, first class spread uh, because that's what Jerry Jones does. Uh, it's certainly on Christmas. Um, Are you thinking but, you know, turkey and all the trimmings? Oh, yeah. It's it's like a four star restaurant there, Jody. It's unbelievable the spread they they put out. Um, yeah, so that's the best place to be um, for that type of thing. You just got to explain it to the wives and all that kind of stuff, which is never easy. But it, it is what it is. Nobody cares about our problems. Right, and I think I said thanks to Dank Burrett on the stream who said, Jody keeps saying week 17. No, week 18, week game 18. 17 is yeah. what scares me, that they could have been playing Dallas, and I want both games against the Cowboys this year to mean something. All right, let me get completely uh, off track. Did you see this story about the mayor of Dallas wanting a second team? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I uh, I didn't give it much yeah more than 10 seconds of thought but god bless um, them if they think they can uh, we've got two teams in new york we got two teams in la dallas is a pretty big city and it's stone cold loves its football um the nfl doesn't need another team in no dallas, and I jerry think. jones would never allow it um are you kidding me uh i i i say this all the time i i don't i don't think people realize the power jerry jones has in the nfl um, you know, he's got his thumb in about 15 stadiums now across the country with his legends hospitality, uh, which is kind of a, I think a partnership with the Yankees still. Um, uh, and so anytime these new stadiums go up, he's, he's got his, you know, he's making money off them, uh, basically. Uh, he's always been sort of lead guy on the TV negotiation committee, which is probably the most powerful position. Um, yeah, he's not letting another team in Dallas, even if they could support it. And look, from that standpoint, Dallas is probably more football hungry than certainly Los Angeles. Um, and, you know, maybe not New York. New York's issues have been bad football teams for too far too long. But when, you know, they're half decent. Obviously, New York fans are very passionate, but um, no, not in a million years would Jerry Jones allow. Why would he why would he agree to share the market? Makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I, I was saying as you read it, said, yeah, that's not happening and moved on. But I just it it it, it crawled into my consciousness. How badly would the Philadelphia fan base despise Dallas team two. The coach doesn't like when we call him cornerback two or uh, yeah. TE two. Um, Dallas two would be the team there. 
there'd, there'd be no issue, right? It's the Cowboys. No, it's it's, it's the, Cowboys. the star. It's not yeah. the town. No, 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 no. Because we don't necessarily the hate the Mavs or uh, no. the Rangers came to town, won two games. Nobody got no. all that ticked yeah. off. They were more ticked off at the Phillies than the opposition. It's just a cowboy thing. Right? Yeah, it's there's no history. There's no with a new team. It's it's you know, and it, it would be an expansion team most likely. So I mean, it'd probably be bad to on top of it to begin. Um, yeah, Philadelphia fans wouldn't could care less. It's about it's about the star. It's about, and it it's really about. And I don't think, and you can talk to this as well, Jody. I don't think it's as hateful as it once was. I think, you know, the rivalry really was sparked when the Cowboys were great in the Roger Staubach era, um, and they were just dominant, and um, Tom Landry, and and they were killing the Eagles year after year after year. And then there was the big uh, Wilbur Montgomery game and so much joy of finally beating the, the Cowboys. Now it's, you know, They've been okay. They're not. They're not the Roger Staubach Cowboys. They're not the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin Cowboys. I think with a newer, uh, younger group, I don't think there's quite as much angst because they haven't suffered that much pain. Um, some pain. I mean, it's still a huge rivalry. It's still the biggest rivalry by far. I think from for the Eagles fan base. But I don't think it's as as bad as it once was because they no longer beat up on you. They used to beat up on you. All right. Uh, before we get Eddie Kratz to jump aboard with us, i uh, got to give some props to our boys, uh, Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks, B-Gun, that Howie Roseman here on the channel yesterday. If you didn't see the interview, if you didn't hear about it, you didn't know about it, it's still available to you. You want to go back and watch it. Uh, here's the thing that I was, uh, I would say, most buoyed by, uh, John, from what I heard from Harry Roseman yesterday. Jeff Flory now likes Alabama players. <laughs> That's a good thing to know, that 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 the, the, the owner has uh, become cognizant of the fact that they have some good football players coming out of Alabama and look for the Eagles to be able to get their hands on them going forward because the owner's now an Alabama guy. Yeah, well, he's probably going to be a Georgia guy after this year, so we'll see. Just focus on the SEC. Just make it simple. How we talked about it, sometimes it's simple. Um, and the way college is going because of NIL and all that stuff, it's even going to get more centered on the really, really good teams. So, you know, there's going to be some other ones, Ohio State and Oklahoma probably. Maybe even Notre Dame on an um, odd year here and there. But, you know, focus on the superstar programs and you're going to be fine. All right. What uh, did you take from yesterday's Howie Roseman appearance here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel? He say anything that surprised you, anything that enlightened you? Um, or did you think Howie played it uh, cards pretty close to the best? I played it pretty close to the best. I, you know, he, he did tell some good stories and you know how he's getting better with the joke telling it's very important to him uh you know he got a couple of guffaws i think that's the most important thing to him uh i think he's you know his secret uh desires to be a stand-up comedian <laughs> um but uh, you know how he's always very uh 
he knows what he's doing, man, in these types of situations. So, um, he is, I've noticed a bit of a theme where he's sort of soft peddling those expectations, um, that we talked about with Jimmy in just a little bit now, because I think he realizes it too. And there are a lot of people that are going to be really excited about this season. Um, you know, the Eagles made the playoffs last season, maybe ahead of where they thought they were going to be. Not maybe, definitely ahead of where they thought they were going to be. Now you add difference makers to that mix and the fact that A.J. Brown and, and Jordan Davis are here. And now it's about, well, you're better than the Cowboys. We just talked about Jimmy's all NFC East team. He said they're essentially better than the Cowboys from a talent perspective. So that's where you are. And I've noticed it a couple of times. He did it again yesterday here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. It's like, we'll see, we'll see, you know, settle down. But I will say offensively, Matt, Matt, there are no excuses for Jalen Hurts. There's no more of this um, young, developing, he can get better. He doesn't have the weapons to get better. And again, injuries could change all this. We always throw that in there. But I don't I don't know how much more you could ask for as a quarterback in this league when you talk about Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, um, that offensive line. And the running backs are, you know, they're not great, but they had the number one rushing offense in the league last year because of the offensive line. And Miles Sanders sat there up with this. Miles Sanders practically admitted he had a bad season last year, Jody, which he did from a, a, a complete standpoint. Zero touchdowns. And I know you're putting up zero touchdowns. But you know what he did do? Average 5.5 yards per carry. And I, I joke, that would make Jim Brown blush. I mean, that's pretty stinking good. 5.5 yards per carry. Now, we all know the issues with Miles and receiving and pass protection. Doesn't take what's blocked at times. And he's really, really focused. But he's really, really talented as well. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to unlock the key to his potential. Um, but 5.5 yards per carry, Jody. And, you know, that's not good enough. That's yeah. That's if that's your weakness, count yourself lucky. Right, but we also know the running back game is more than just yards per carry. That's a big part of it. The ability to get in the end zone does matter. Ability to catch the ball out of the backfield does matter, which is not a strong suit of Miles Sanders. That's why we're not bending over backwards saying right, we got to get a contract done with Miles Sanders because he's got to be the running well, back. Well, and I agree, it's a weakness. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a. I'm saying, but if that's your biggest weakness, that's not bad because everybody's got weaknesses. And if your weakness can still get you 5.5 yards per carry, but you're getting touchdowns from everybody else, but well, who cares? You're still getting touchdowns. I mean, Jalen Hurts. How many rushing touchdowns? Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. Like they were getting rushing touchdowns. It was sort of, they were just not using miles for that role. Um, 
pretty good weakness is right. how I would but that'll, describe it. That'll tell you how motivated the Eagles actually are to getting a contract extension done with Miles Sanders. If they don't have confidence enough to use them down by the goal line, that's a bad sign for uh oh, and I don't think they will get it. I don't I don't think they want an extension. I don't think they'll use an extension. I'm just saying it that's that's the big weakness. Right. But you're talking about the, the big weakness. If he five point and it's a big deal, don't you have a contract extension done with him? Um yeah, but uh, I'm saying what I'm don't. saying is what I'm saying is if that's your biggest weakness, that's good. I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, they're probably not interested in a contract extension. Miles is probably not going to be here next year. I've been saying it longer than probably anybody. But what I'm saying is, if that's your biggest weakness on offense, that's pretty good because I can look at every other team in this league and pick out weaknesses that are probably worse than Miles Sanders and the Eagles running game. That's that's my point. My my point is, who said? Their running game is their biggest weakness. Well, I'm saying it on paper. Uh, A.J. Brown, well, what is on paper? I'll ask you. Is it the tight end? Is it the wide receivers? Is it the offensive line? It's the guy who stands behind the center. And that's why there's no uh, excuses for Jalen Hurts. I was putting Jalen Hurts aside. I'm saying as far as what Jalen Hurts doesn't have, what, what is the biggest weakness? If no. you're ask, if you're asking me if you're just looking at the passing game and the running game, yes, with the addition of AJ Brown, I would now rank the talent on the passing game ahead of the talent. Well, on and the, the offensive game. line as well. The offensive line is a big part of it. And offensive line is arguably certainly top five. It could could be the best in the NFL. So all I'm saying is if you're Jalen Hurts, there's no excuses anymore. There's no excuses. And since we know who they'll be playing the first two weeks, I would rank both the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings in the bottom half of defenses in the National Football League. Maybe bottom third with Detroit. Minnesota were last year. Yeah, yeah Detroit terrible defense stinks. Uh, Minnesota's second half. Would you put them in the bottom third of the NFL defense? Oh, they were and, bottom five last year. They were then, terrible. Then, Jalen, you better be putting up points in weeks one and two because the expectation, despite the reservation of your general manager here on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel, he tried to temper the enthusiasm. Uh, no, Eagle fans will not allow that. You need to put up some points the first two weeks against two beatable defenses. McMullen and McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys, here with you on Birds 365. We got game day cracks next. Stick around. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. 
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, here with John Birds 365. You ready to go, Ed Kratz? You, you see hey, let's do it, guys. Ready? Let's do it, man. Let's go. All right. You're ready. You're positive. Ready to roll. You're ready to schedule go. day. You're ready for the schedule, Ed Kratz. How is exciting today? is this? On the pantheon of great days in Ed Kratz's life, where's NFL schedule day? <laughs> oh, man. You know, gosh. Maybe bottom 50. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. It's always nice to see where, you know, when they're playing and, you know, what days you have to travel. Yeah. That's, um, that's... Yeah. So, you know, I guess from that perspective, it's pretty cool. But yeah. Detroit, uh, start no way. The only, the only hotel rooms in the country, you still have to move the furniture to find a plug. Ed. <laughs> well, you're staying in all the wrong places, John. You know, <laughs> you got to stay on the other side of the tracks. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess that's where they're going to open, right? I mean, that's the report. Jeff McClain, that that's is, the inquirer. Yeah. But I also saw another report from the uh, infamous uh, NFL schedule leaks that they were going to oh, go to Arizona. Infamous, yeah. On the first weekend. So, uh, you know, I think McClain's a little more believable. Uh, but still, I mean. Yeah. You know, I had guessed Chicago. Detroit makes sense to me. I guess. I, I look at it last year. That's how they tend to do it. In conference, but out of division. Um. And if you look at their opponents, I thought the most logical one, because you knew it was going to be on the road, yeah. uh, is it was Chicago. So Detroit makes a lot of sense as well. well they opened last, yeah, they opened in Atlanta last year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it does make sense that they were going to go somewhere out of division. But, um, yeah, 
well, you know, well, let's go to Detroit. Why not? And this is a doable schedule, and that's a nice start. If McLean's got it right, Detroit, Minnesota, get out of the gates 2-0 would be very advantageous for the Eagles. All right, Eddie, I want to ask you about uh, a new Philadelphia Eagle. That would be N'Kobe Dean, who they got in the third round. Uh, Harry Roseman here on the channel said yesterday uh, he couldn't believe as they were dropping in the third round that uh, that N'Kobe Dean was still on the board and there was no way he was trading out of that spot. He had to cross his fingers and sure enough, he was sitting there for them. So he sung his praises and seemed genuinely excited about it. Excited enough to make him the starting middle linebacker if he performs this year? in camp and in the preseason games? you think he's got a chance to start in the middle for the birds? I think he has a chance to play a lot, whether or not he starts. But I just think that he gives Jonathan Gannon another piece in his defense, you know, this hybrid defense that he wants to play. And the Kobe Dean's going to fit very nicely in there. Right? And I think if you ask me, okay, yeah, maybe he'll start. But I, I'm not sure he'll start. There may be games where he does, but I think he'll work his way into more of a role as the year goes on, maybe right out of the shoot, depending on what kind of a camp that he has. But if you look at the five rookie uh, draft picks that the Eagles have, I would put him at the top of the list of that five, even ahead of Jordan Davis, who will probably have the biggest impact on the defense this season. Uh, I do want to get in into the draft a little bit more with you, Ed. But before I do that, I just want to say, because this is sort cool. of breaking, uh, Tom Pelissero reports the Steelers are bringing in uh, Andy Weidel for a second interview. Um, so they're deep into their second interviews. Ryan Cowden, John Spitek from Tampa, uh, Doug Welly got an, another interview. Now Andy Weidel who is a Pittsburgh guy, his first job uh, in the league was in Pittsburgh. Um, Tom Donahoe hired uh, Andy Waddle in Pittsburgh, is now out in Philadelphia. His, bro his younger brother's out in Philadelphia. Uh, smoke to this fire of Andy Waddle to Pittsburgh, you think, Ed Kratz? Yeah, he had the first interview, and there was you know the reporting that came out that the Steelers had interviewed two others for a second and you're just waiting, you know, for the report to come out that Andy Weidel will be in for his second interview. And here it is. So, yeah, I, I think it's legitimate. Sure. Um, you know, there are connections with Pittsburgh, but you know, he's not the only candidate they've interviewed several others. So he's got to go in on his second and, you know, really, really wow them if he wants the job. And, you know, I, I think there's a good chance that he can do that and the Eagles will lose yet another member of that front office. I think that'll be, their 11th uh, defection, if you want to call it that, of the offseason. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a good shot. Andy Weidel is the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and why not? I mean, he's done a pretty good job in Philadelphia over these last couple of drafts. The Eagles brought in some talented players, and, you know, he's kind of rode shotgun with Howie on those on those selections. So, uh, yeah, it makes some sense that he could be the next guy in Pittsburgh. All right, Eddie, need your take on a guy who's out there on the market. Eagles have added the – free agents they have they've drafted and added undrafted free agents they still seem to be a little short at both cornerback and safety at least for this uh eagles fan james bradbury's out there giants released him this week understand the reason why not because he can't play but because they uh structured his contract in a way that he kills them under the cap this year they needed to save the 10 million dollars they could do by cutting him um, so he is a free agent, and he's far and away, not even close, the best free agent on the market. 
John likes to tell me all the time, the Eagles are a disciplined organization, which they are until they're not like they were with A.J. Brown when they needed to be non-disciplined and give him $25 million a year. They did just that. Are they returning to their disciplined roots? Because this just seems to be too easy for me. They have a big need at that position, a guy who wasn't expected to be or we didn't know for sure he was going to become available, became available. How are the Eagles going to handle the pursuit of James Bradbury? Um, listen, you and me and a lot of other people think they should just go out and get him and, and do what it takes. And, you know, they could certainly, if he's willing to go one year, they could sign the one year, $10 million deal and spread that pain out over the next couple of years at 10 million. Um, but will that be enough? Uh, that's the question. Uh, the longer Bradbury sits on the market, and I think he was released maybe Monday so or Monday or Tuesday. So it's been, you know, two, three days now, and he's still unsigned. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, he obviously wants more than what teams are willing to pay or he would be signed by now. So once the expectation catches up with, you know, the realism that maybe he won't get what he wants, then uh, – Maybe the Eagles can come in and get him that one-year deal. It certainly makes sense. He's familiar with the NFC East. He gets to play against the Giants twice a year. He gets to play opposite a very solid veteran in Darius Slay. I mean, there are a lot of positives to come into Philadelphia. But, you know, the Eagles have been consistent all offseason about talking up, you know, the players, the young players they have at the cornerback position. Um, so I wouldn't say they're, it's a screaming need. It probably is in a lot of people's minds. They just don't have that experience and that veteran type guy on that other corner that a lot of us would like to see, but you know, Zach McPherson could, could be that guy in this defense that is going to be a lot different looking than it's been in the past. Um, so maybe some of the pressure off those corners will be alleviated by the Eagles ability to put pressure on the quarterback better than what they did last year. Um, where I'm concerned is the second uh, safety position. I mean, I, you know, not sure they have a, a safety yet that they can go to battle with that I'd be comfortable with the cornerback. I'm, I'm kind of okay with, cause I think McPherson, Tay Gallon, you know, those guys, they, they might be able to do better than what we think. Um, but it sure would make everybody feel more comfortable if Bradbury was in the house, no doubt. Yeah, why do you think people focus more, Ed, on corner than safety? Because at least at corners, you mentioned, they have about seven darts to throw if you add in all the undrafted kids and Mario Goodrich and uh, uh, Josh Job and Josh Blackwell to the names you mentioned, um, mm -hmm. Terry Vincent Jr. as well, Josiah Scott, who's more of a slot, but they have a lot of cornerbacks. They don't have a lot of safeties. It's basically... Anthony Harris, who we got to talk to a little bit yesterday, Marcus Epps, um, and Kayvon Wallace. Then you have Andre Sachere, which, you know, it's more of a special teams player, Jared Maiden, who, you know, is sort of in that category of unproven, although he is an Alabama guy, Jody. So that so might help. That, that scores extra points. But yeah. Kayvon Wallace, fourth-round pick. Kayvon McPherson, uh, fourth-round pick. What's the difference? Well, not to mention the volume, too. You have fourth-round pick with Zach McPherson plus a bunch of other guys, but you have fourth-round pick Kayvon Wallace and not much else at safety. So why is everyone focused on corner more than safety? Right. I, and I, this question for both you two guys, 
Kayvon Wallace came in at an established level, a fourth-round pick. Zach McPherson came in at an established level, fourth-round pick. If we're willing to roll the dice with Kayvon Watt, with uh, Zach McPherson and say, well, we should have a bigger uh, desire to fill safety because we don't have as much there. Well, the top guy at both of those positions are a former fourth-round pick. Do we rate McPherson that much higher than we do Kayvon Wallace at their specific positions as of right now? Well, I think John touched on it. The depth is what really, I mean, yeah, you have Zach McPherson, but you have other guys. There's nobody really at safety. Now, realistically, you're only going to keep four safeties, I guess, on the 53, right, when all's said and done. And yeah. it's that fourth one. You really don't have that. I don't think you have that competition level. Like, it's not just McPherson. I mean, Tay Gowan can rise up and take that job. He's a sixth-round pick. Uh, I, I guess I did a very poor job of answering no, this question. Let no, me I, ask it both of you this way, then. Who's a better player at his position as of right now? Kayvon Wallace at safety or uh, Zach McPherson at cornerback? I, If you're asking me, I would go McPherson for uncertainty reasons. I've seen too much of Kayvon Wallace. I haven't seen as much as Zach McPherson. He might be even worse, but I'm not happy with what I've seen from Kayvon Wallace. At least there's some hope when it comes to Zach McPherson. That's where I am. Okay. Unknown a good thing for you too, Ed, that uh, McPherson's more of an unknown and the unknown of McPherson is better than the known of Kayvon Wallace? Well, I thought we saw McPherson fill in some snaps last year when Slay went out. Yeah, it wasn't great, but we saw. (laughs) It wasn't great, but, you know, these guys are fourth-round picks for a reason. It's easy to miss on fourth-round picks. You know, you have more misses than you have hits, but – I would probably go with McPherson at this point, that year one to year two jump. We never saw that in Kayvon Wallace. And, and Wallace has a tendency to get hurt a lot, which, you know, uh, his availability isn't always great. So uh, McPherson, to me, you know, when we talked to him last year in camp, he seemed like a pretty confident guy, the kind of guy that can forget about plays, put a bad play behind him. And that's what you want at a cornerback position. So, uh, yeah, I would put Wa- uh, McPherson ahead of Kayvon. But I, I, I would say this as well, I'd like to add. If I was going to bet on one of these corners, it would be Tay Gowan yeah. more than Zach McPherson. Uh, and that's just based on size, speed, athleticism. Um, but again, so much of it is unknown. But I think Tay Gowan, if and he's he's big and he can run and that's what the eagles want that outside corner and let me follow up on something that john's been saying the last two days here on the show ed that i put it to you how are we going to find out yeah it's seven on seven practice they're not even gonna go 11 uh, they're gonna need to go undefeated again in the scrimmages that they're playing and look real good doing it is tay gowan gonna win a job there uh, yeah, we all know the measurables. We know what they uh, timed that in the combine a couple of years ago. How do you determine who is the guy that's going to elevate from the reserve spot to the starting spot if they don't sign a veteran corner, if they don't sign a veteran free agent? Well, they'll have 11 on 11 team drills, you know, once summer training camp. It's not so much in the OTAs, but, uh, you know, they'll be able to get a gauge in the summer. Now, is it going to be too late to trade for somebody? If you feel like, hey, Tay Gowan and Zach McPherson, they're just not uh, doing what we want them to do, then, you know, then Howie has to get creative like he did, uh, what was it, in the summer of 2016 when they brought 
when they traded uh, Matthews for Ronald Darby, or maybe that was 2017. But, you know, they had to give up a pretty big piece. They gave up a third-round pick in Jordan Matthews, who was Carson Wentz's best friend at the time for Ronald Darby. And, you know, they have tradable chips, Rager and Dillard. Now, I don't know if any of those guys will do it. You might have to part with, like, a Quez Watkins, perhaps, if you want to find a cornerback. But I think they'll have enough sample size once summer comes and they start playing more 11-on-11 as to whether or not Gowan and or McPherson can hold up in this defense. Um, the defense as a whole, uh, we got a little bit of an interesting nugget from Hassan Reddick yesterday Ed, in that, that they're shifting sort of the positional coaching uh, responsibilities. And he's working with Jeremiah Washburn as sort of an edge rusher slash outside linebacker. And that means, you know, uh, obviously, Nick Rollis is working with the inside linebackers. Uh, Tracy Rocker is working with the interior. A lot of people taking this as more of a, a shift towards a 3-4. Now, ultimately, they're going to use multiple fronts. Um, it's going to be odd and even. Nickel is always the base defense in the entire NFL, so none of this really matters. But do you get the feeling they're going to play more 30 looks, three, four looks uh, than typically uh, fans are used to here in Philadelphia. Yeah, you'll see some three front looks. I think you're going to see a lot of five man fronts with you yeah. know, Davis and your yeah. two tackles, you know, kind of on the interior. And then you're going to see these outside linebackers, Reddick and, you know, Kaiser White, maybe, or, um, you know, Patrick Johnson, you know, any of these hybrid linebackers, I think you're going to see a lot of five-man fronts, maybe more than three-man fronts, and that's how you're going to get your pressure on the quarterback. You're going to bring five every play, and your your inside linebackers could be Edwards and the Kobe Dean, uh, and then, you know, you hold up what you can with the secondary, whether it's, you know, Gowan or McPherson, and then Slay, and then your safety. So, yeah, I think we'll see some three front looks, but I think you're going to see a lot of five-man fronts, too, and uh they got the guys on the edge. I think they can get it done, led by Reddick. Um, but, yeah, you're going to see a lot more uh, multiple fronts for sure. You'll see some four-man, some three-man, some five-man. And, uh, you know, they're going to try to keep offenses on their toes and dictate what they can. And, you know, we saw last year quarterbacks complete over 80% of their throws, so they're going to try to, you know, cut that time down they have to throw. Even the quick throws, you know, throwing the ball over at Jordan Davis, who's 6'6", if he comes in with his hands raised, you know, that's not going to be an easy job. Uh, for any quarterback. So I, I think you'll see a lot of Davis on the field and you'll see a lot of five-man fronts with him re- parked right in the middle. All right. I uh, want to get both you guys' takes on this one. Um, when last we saw um, Isaac Samalo on the field, he was at left guard for the Eagles. And he's probably been Wally Pipped by Landon Dickerson there, that the left guard position isn't necessarily available anymore. So we all assume he's moving over to right guard is that going to be an issue? Have we gotten in a medical update as to whether he's going to be 100% good to go when camp opens or when they get their quasi-practices in during the spring? Uh, what's the latest you guys are hearing on Sam Mollett? Well, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good to go. But really, even if he's not, they have so many guys, even after they cut Nate Herbig, that they can plug in there. Jack Driscoll uh, being one. Uh, perhaps Cam Jurgens, if he takes to that position, it won't be an easy transition for him. Um, but, you know, they have some guys that can fill in there if he's not ready to go. But you're, you're right. He was while he pipped at the left guard spot. You know, Howie Roseman said as much that, 
You know, yeah. they love that wall they have on that left side with, you know, Dickerson and uh, Jordan Mulata. So see him always going to the right side, whether he likes it or not. Uh, and if he can't, you know, fend off the challenge from Driscoll or Jurgens, or I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody there, John. It's not Herbig anymore. But Suo Pettit. You got to remember Pettit. the Tesla stock. Um, yes. But I think Jack Driscoll's the way. Ed knows that the day they cut Nate Herbig, I was starting to formulate uh, they might cut Isaac Sayamalo because of how much money he makes. And the, the second part to my theory was Nick Sirianni loves Jack Driscoll, loves him um, as a player. And I'm saying, well, if they can get similar play at right guard from Jack Driscoll at a much more cost-effective price, maybe they move on from Isaac Sayamalo. Turns out they were going to move on from Herbie, um, and and Isaac's going to get that first chance. But it is something to keep an eye on. Uh, but the, the offensive line coach loves Sayamalo. He does. He does. Yeah. And uh, but you know, I, think, I think the coach defers to his offensive line. He typically line. does. He typically does. But Isaac, you also have to realize, has played – 11 games in two years. Um, that's, that's something that factors in as well, but uh, yeah, it is. You're right, Jody. He He's going to defer to Jeff Stoutland. Jeff Stoutland. I always used to joke back in the day. Ed probably heard me say it. The Eagles flow chart. It would be, um, you know, it starts at Jeffrey Lurie and, and people would say, Howie Roseman would be number two. I would always joke. It's really Jason Peters. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put uh, Shep Stoutland up that high, but I think he's higher than just about anybody, but uh, Howie Roseman and, and Jeffrey Lurie. They, they, they give him a lot of, and you know what? Maybe it comes down to last year. Remember Ed, he was going back to Alabama. Uh, the report was out there. I think it was Bruce Feldman, who's more plugged in than anybody at the college level. He was going back to Alabama, and the Eagles convinced him to stay put. And I think there was a lot of convincing by saying, look, Jeff, you're going to have your own little beatdom. Nobody's going to bother you. Am I crazy with that conspiracy theory? No, not at all. I mean, Stout carries a lot of weight in this organization, certainly more weight than any other assistant coach on the staff, no, no doubt. Um, and he's earned it. You know, his, his lines are good. He develops players that, you know, are kind of unheralded. Look at Nate Herbig. He was on the market for 24 hours before the Jets swooped. Then Jody's Jets swooped in and grabbed right. him up. He got, he got picked up faster than James Bradbury did. Yeah. That's the damn sure. Well, yep. he was on waivers. What are the Jets, third on the waiver wire? So he didn't last long. Yeah, I thought they were fourth, but maybe fourth, maybe, maybe fourth. Maybe yeah, fourth. but top five for sure. Um, and Joe Douglas knows Herbig. You know, he, I'm sure he still follows the Eagles, even though Douglas was gone when the Eagles brought Herbig in as an undrafted free agent. But, uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong about the Stoutland power. But, you know, something to keep in mind first is, you know, Jack Driscoll is no, you know, Cal Ripken. He's not an Iron Man either. Yeah, that's true. Team. He's always hurt too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's, you know, he's got to find a way to stay healthy. Um, and Siamalo, you know, we're talking about potential summertime trades for a cornerback if things don't work out with what they have in house and Bradbury doesn't come. Siamalo could be a part of a 
package as well. Um, you know, we talk all the time, John and me, about this being an offensive line deficient league. Uh, teams could always use more players up front. Now, they already the Eagles already lost Herbig. That's a big loss. Would they dare trade away a Siamalu if they, you know, are, are banking on Driscoll staying healthy? Because then after that, it gets thin. I'm not a big Sua Opeta. I don't care what Jason Kelsey says about him being a Tesla stock. I'm not sure he's the guy that you want manning that position over, you know. Well, you got Cam Jurgens well as now. You got to start him somewhere. Yeah. So. It's funny because everybody thought Dickerson was going to be the uh, heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, yeah. and he ended up at guard. Now everybody thinks Jurgens is going to be the heir apparent to Kelsey, and he could end up as a guard too. And maybe next year the Eagles draft another center. I mean, who, who knows? Uh, but yeah, Jurgens certainly could play there. But it was funny, you know, when we talked to Kelsey last week, and we asked him if he ever played guard when he first came into the league, and having to make that adjustment. And he said he played two snaps at yeah. guard and he gave up a sack to Jason Pierre Paul on one of them. So that was the end of that experiment. <laughs> so it's not easy. If a guy like Kelsey can't figure it out, it's going to be, it's going to be a handful for Jurgens too, but who knows? Maybe he can. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me run this one by you. Um, since we now know Harry Roseman is a fan of the channel because he was good enough to come on with us yesterday. Maybe he's watching today. I want to propose a trade. You tell me if this gets done. I'll play um, the Casa, the general manager of the Ravens, who uh, there was a report yesterday, a guy I threw out immediately after the draft, Chuck Clark, uh, Ravens starting safety for the last couple of years, now job in jeopardy with the fact that they signed Marcus Williams and drafted Kyle Hamilton. Um, he did speak out yesterday and uh, at least told sources that he wasn't happy with his situation in Baltimore. So he's going to become available if uh, the Ravens GM calls Howie Roseman says, listen, we'll give you Chuck Clark. You got to give me a fourth round pick in exchange for him, but there are conditions to it that can move it up. If he pay plays 80, 85, we could negotiate that out. Percent of the snaps for you this year moves up to a three. And if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it moves up to a two. You get that whole karma thing, winning a Super Bowl, rolling, that it will cost you. It's a great thing, but it's going to cost you a little bit. But you get that starting safety that you need. Cost you four, maybe a three, could be a two. But if it's a two, it's a damn good thing because they won the Super Bowl. What do you say, Howie Roseman? First Kratz, then McMullen. Step into Howie's shoes for me. <laughs> Chuck Clark. Yeah. I, um, young guy, right? Isn't he pretty young? Yeah. 26. Yeah. Um, the second kind of scares me. But, hey, you win a Super Bowl, okay. Yes. You can have That's the only way you got bad second is if you win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you have the New Orleans Saints second next year, right? So, you know, okay, we'll give you our second. And if we win a Super Bowl, it's going to be the last pick of the second round anyway, right? So yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm I'm conditional. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'd like the conditional. conditional. I like conditional picks because yeah. I don't mind paying if I win things. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that part of it. I've heard Baltimore's keeping Clark, so we'll we'll yeah, see. Yeah, Harbaugh said yeah, we keep yeah. But, but John, what's your favorite line? Yeah, they're not under oath. Not so, under yeah. oath, John Harbaugh. As, as they can rethink know. that in a millisecond, just but, like that. Well, you know, a lot of teams are playing three safeties now, going to that big nickel and, you know, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, uh, Chuck, who knows? They might be telling the truth if they're telling the truth. But I don't mind paying for, for 
you know, success. So if you give me that condition, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that because they need, they need the safety. safety. You guys told me earlier, safety more than corner. Well, they got 22 guys auditioning for the other corner spot. They've only got a couple of safeties, including one kid named Blankenship who went to Northeast, West, South, Tennessee, Chattanooga State. So He's my yeah, number give, one. Give me, give me Chuck was, Clark. By the way, he was Jody. He was my number one undrafted free agent, uh, potentially making the 53-man roster. Not because he's the best, right. but because he's got the easiest path. Well, he has to be that Shashere. They really like Shashere as it's because, like I said, I don't think they're keeping more than four safeties. Maybe they keep five, but you know, it's it's going to be crowded for. I I I I think he might. You know, I look. Kayvon Wallace is not certain of a roster spot. I mean, they're at the point. You're going to get unfollowed again. You're 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 going to town here on Kayvon. You're probably you're probably right. He's going to unfollow you. If they trade for a safety, if they bring in a safety and, and they beat out Kayvon Wallace, they'll move on from Kayvon Wallace. I don't think he's certain. And if I get unfollowed, I get unfollowed. Now, <laughs> if you're if I'm putting the odds on it, yeah, I'm, odds are he's going to be on the team. I'm saying if he has a bad camp, um, the Eagles will move on from him. It's not like one of those things where they moved on from Rasul and Sydney in year three uh they'll move on they'll move on if they have to well here's another name here's another guy how about a john abram the safety that's kind of been a disappointment in in vegas i think right um what about trading jalen rager for him two guys coming in contract i'm already i'm already blocked with jalen so i could say whatever i want i you know listen jalen could just stand for a fresh start whatever you say yes and I like mm. Jalen personally. I I defend him. Jody yeah. will tell you. People say Jalen doesn't try. I don't believe that for a second. He tries. He's just lacking confidence. I've never seen him give up on things. He keeps himself in good shape. He works hard. Um, I don't believe that part of it. I just think he's he lacks confidence and he needs a, a new start. And it, yeah. that got me blocked. That got me blocked. Speaking well, of lacking in confidence, I lack in confidence for Jalen Rager. So if uh, they call and offer me the safety you mentioned, Ed, I would say, oh, yeah, if you had a fourth-round pick. We'll take Rager if you had a fourth-round pick to it. <laughs> then you got yourself a deal. Which Yeah, but Abram hasn't been any great shakes since they drafted I know, him. but, I mean, but you, you have to pay to get Jalen Rager off the roster is my point. Uh, yeah. I don't think any team is trading for Jalen Rager at this time. All right, uh, Ed Kratz, you did more than enough work for us. You are dismissed. Thank you very much. Where are you going week one? Thanks, guys. What 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 hotel you staying in in Detroit that's better than the one McMullen's staying in? It's, a, it's not the <laughs> well, Fairfield Inn. Yeah. I, where did you say? You didn't go to Detroit last year. I didn't go. Did to, I was the one trip I didn't make last year, but I've been to Detroit, and I usually stay in Romulus, which is out near Yeah, the Romulus. I was, that's where I was, um, at the Fairfield. Yeah. You think it's, you? Yeah, it's a Fairfield. It's in Romulus, and, uh, you know, I had to move the furniture to find a plug. <laughs> well, you know, Bob Groats and I, if you ever have Groatsy on the show, we, oh, we, yeah. we stayed out in Romulus that's one a great year. Story. That was I, great yeah. story. Ask Let him about Uncle Joe's. Let me guess. Groats complained. No. Groats. No, you're lying. 
You're <laughs> lying. Rhodes complains no. about everything. What do you lie? Why would you lie to us, Kratz? Just ask him about Uncle Joe's. It's a great story. Uncle Joe's. All right. We'll remember that for the next time we get Rhodes on. And thank you very much. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks, guys. You too. Thanks, Kratz, here with us. Uh, yes, big the schedule release later today. So you know what John McMullen and Jody McDonald are doing tonight. Wait, wait, wait. Aren't the Sixers playing at 7 o'clock? What the hell are we going to do at 8 o'clock, Johnny Mac? Are they playing? I, I don't know. I Will they show o'clock? up? I, I know. It's 7 they, o'clock, they, tip. By definition, they are playing. I don't know if they're going to be playing. Oh, shot on goal. The Sixers yeah. going to unfollow you, too. Yeah. Uh, John, well John done. McMullen, Johnny McDonald here with you. Let's come back, put a bow on the show on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Couple of minutes with the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald hanging with you. Um, 
some people put a big emphasis on this. You're truly less so than than others. I understand where they're coming from. But again, some people just get more worked up about it than I do. Primetime games, 17 of them. Now more primetime games than ever with Amazon and uh, being the Thursday night package. It's going to be a pretty big deal. At least that's the way they're positioning it this year. Uh, Bigger than Thursday night football has been. You got Sunday night. You got Monday night. You got uh, the Saturday games at the end of the season. There'll be more primetime opportunities than probably ever before. And some people think that's how you judge how important a team you are before the season starts. How many primetime appearances are you named for? Last year, coming into the year with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback, replacing Carson Wentz coming off a 4-12 and season, the Eagles weren't in primetime much at all. This year, they're coming off a playoff season albeit a 9-8 and eight regular season record, really 9-7 and because the JV game at the end of the season against Dallas doesn't count. How many primetime games? We know they got one. Second game of the season right off the bat, that dueling Monday nighter on uh, week number two, they get Minnesota at home. How many primetime games are the Eagles going to get? How big a deal is it, Johnny Mac? Uh, well, it, it's a big deal from the perspective of it's, you know, who – you know, the league thinks is going to be good. Other than that, it doesn't matter all that much. Um, you know, I'm already getting emails. I have a schedule. I don't know if it's right or not, but uh, <laughs> so I hesitate to even say, you're obviously going to have the one Thursday night game. Everybody's got to have the Everybody one gets Thursday, Thursday night. Everybody gets Thursday, right? Yeah. Um, the schedule I have has another Monday night football game. So that would be two. And then the rest of the games, I can't see uh, whether it would be Sunday night. So I would assume two on Sunday night. So I'm going to guess five, if you include the Thursday. Um, which is So they terrible. only have one Thursday game. Um, from what I have, it's not, I, I don't know if it's official, but. Um, from from the one that was emailed to me most recently, um, it matches up with it. It does have Detroit, Minnesota, weeks one and week two. It does have Dallas on Christmas Eve. So okay. who knows? Um, but uh, those three but games they, they match don't, up. They don't have times on the Sunday games, huh? No, no. Uh. no. All right, so, so if they get. Let, let me put it this way. They get four primetime games. Should Eagle fans be cool with it, happy with it, or ticked off by it? Well, I would never get ticked off by it. You're asking the wrong person. So, I mean, neither, I, one, it, neither you nor I yeah, put I mean, as much I, emphasis I, on it as Eagle fans. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. If you want to get upset by it, I will say it. It They generally, you know, if they think you're going to be good, they put you on uh, a lot of uh, primetime slots. So, if you want to take that as a slight, feel free. But you know, there's there's better things to do. I would say <laughs> my 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 over under number is four. If it's four, it's a push. If it's less than four, you've got right to be perturbed. That well, I'm very confident uh, 
it's going to be a push at least because you, I, I, you know, you're going to have two Monday nights and a Thursday night. So that's right. three right there. And you if figure they get one least... more for uh, off a nine and eight season bouncing the first round of the playoffs. That's fine. If they get five, I'd be happy with it. If they get six, you're getting a lot of respect. And by the they... way, I'm the opposite. I would be unhappy. I want every game at one o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> That's because you're traveling down to those games. You're truly be traveling over to my remote. Oh, well, I don't even have to travel. I got the remote control. Why do I have to go change a channel? I got it right in my right hand. Uh, partner, we'd be out of time. You know, we'll have plenty to talk about here tomorrow because we will officially have the schedule in our hands. Will you yeah. be ready Mac to go? Mac and Mac and Mac, by the way. Let's uh, promote that. Uh, Glenn Mac now. And Dave Zangaro just got Dave to come on at uh, 920. So Very nice. Uh, G-Mac Eagle and schedule. Uh, Dave Z. Be ready. Have your, uh, I'm, I'm going to allow you to do in pencil, but you are going to have to go WL. That's a win, Jody. That's a win. I expect that out of you tomorrow, McMullen. We will be back here on Birds 365 for the day after the schedule release in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.